1877, the earth moved with the power of a footballing giant. And the world was introduced to the beautiful game. People might yet win it here for Wolves. Blasting the shot. What a goal! Bully's the hero again. And a podcast is following the giant in its bid for glory at the top of what it created all those years ago. This is the 77 Club. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. In 1877, the earth moved with the power of a footballing giant. And the world was introduced to the beautiful game. People might yet win it here for Wolves. Blasting the shot. What a goal! Bully's the hero again. And a podcast is following the giant in its bid for glory at the top of what it created all those years ago. This is the 77 Club. Hello and welcome to episode 232 of the 77 Club. Harry, start with the socials. Yes, it's the Wolf 77 Club on Facebook and Instagram at 77 Club Podcast on Twitter. Please subscribe to us on YouTube, like the videos and rate us on Spotify. Dan Bayliss is here. Hello. Uh, Harry, let's start then. Um, The opening game of the season, we were a little bit deflated, I'd say, or like a little bit underwhelmed last week with the arrival of uh, Gary O'Neill Lopetegui having departed. Um, We didn't really know what to say about his arrival, didn't really have that much time to plan for it but uh it was a trip to old trafford a one nil loss uh we're talking about var again um you made the mistake of going to the pub to watch it with a load of man united fans who i imagine wanted to ask you what it was like to go to old trafford <laughs> well first of all i'm going to say that was a big mistake going to the pub with man united fans to watch that because it made me fuming but what i'm going to write back and we got a lot of criticism last week for being very doom and gloom which 
you've got to think we did the podcast right after Lopetegui just left and Gary O'Neill just been confirmed. So we were all a bit upset, let's be honest. So I can see why people were saying that. But what I am going to say is, personally myself, I think we owe Gary O'Neill a little bit of an apology because the way he approached this game, although he selected... The team he selected, I'd have had Fabio in there. But apart from that, really liked his team selection. And not just the team selection, it's the way we approached it. First five minutes, on the front foot, high pressure. We took it to United. And that is a very brave thing to do. And I'm so glad he did it. Because we'd have sat back. We'd have ended up losing two or three anyway. Because they'd have had all the ball, broke us down and beat us. So, fair play to Gary O'Neill. I'll eat my hat. We were all talking about relegation last week. I like a lot of people from the outside looking in were, but as we mentioned, apart from Neves, a lot of the players that are gone are not really starters. And we've got a decent start in 11 there and a couple on the bench that are good. So what I'm going to say is I'm very fickle, I admit it, but I am now not worried. And I am now glad I predicted 11th place last week and not relegation because that <laughs> was a fantastic performance from minute one to 97. Now, without... Pissing on Harry's bonfire here. Um, I'll play devil's advocate a little bit and I'll say how much of that was down to a Lopetegui pre-season uh, or a Gary O'Neill masterclass in four days, Dan? Yeah, that a bit of that. I don't think that really matters. I think it's more about quality and how the manager wanted to play the game, which is more important. And we did play really well, not taking too much away from them. There are some sort of warning flags. You can't have 23 chances and score zero. That's... Everyone's going, Wolves deserve the result, Wolves deserve the result. We did because of one bit of ridiculous officiating. But there were so many other chances where Wolves should have scored one, if not three, four goals. So we made a rod for our own back by not forcing the game in normal style. I mean, Cunha's been lauded over and he did play superbly well, but it was very much an Adama Traore-esque performance in my opinion. You know, looked absolutely brilliant from the halfway line to the edge of the 18-yard box. And after that, couldn't hit the side of a Renault Spass as Harry Mansell would say. <laughs> I mean, the, the, Harry, the chance that he missed, essentially open goal hitting the post, is is pretty unforgivable, I think. When you, when you look at the price tag and, you know, the stature of the player that he is, the position that he got himself into, it, just, to me, he needs to be burying that. Yes, he does, but why? I, that's why I want Fabio Silva to play. I know Fabio Silva come on and missed two good chances himself, but he should be starting because we know Cunha is not a goal scorer. What he is, is an incredible footballer. Some of those runs he did in that game were absolutely outstanding. Like People people were like on Twitter and that just couldn't believe it, could they? They were like, who's this? You know, Who's this player? We know he's got that in him, but we also know he can't finish. So he needs that partner if it's Kaladzic, if it's Fabio try and put the ball in the net but we've got some kind of weird curse over us as a team whereas we were getting bodies in the box we were having chance after chance couldn't score could we but very like Neto as well had a really good chance unless it's straight at the keeper but Cunha he got player of the match and he deserved it because he was absolutely outstanding but I do agree having saying that he should have scored well, he should have scored two really I think he should have finished that one first off as well but him Nunes um, Lamina, Gomez, just the way they were brave and would pick up the ball and just turn and run at Man United's defence at the heart of their defence, scare the life out of them, was so good to watch. And they made me proud last night. They really did. I've like I've gone from being worried to being very proud and I'm being really positive from now on, I'm telling you. Ari, just to sit on the other side of the fence, then, 
do the devil's advocate a bit. Go on, How many times did we turn the ball over in our own half? It was risky, but I loved it. You to live it yeah, at the it was really entertaining to watch. Exactly, that's what we want. That's what we want. But I think a better team would have done us on the day. I thought Man United were very poor. Their passing we the made them poor. Was I agree rough. with. I agree, with Harry. There, I think you know, Lamina especially was was phenomenal to me. He was like he was like Cantor. He really was just everywhere. He was nipping in, and actually Gomez, to be fair, was was doing exactly it, nipping in, nicking the ball off them. But I think the stat that you know Dan touched upon there was twenty three shots on target, and you have to go back to two thousand and five when it was Chelsea, I think, um, who got who had twenty five shots away at Old Trafford. And they lost one nil as well. So just goes to show that that you know that golden Chelsea generation they weren't short of strikers at that time. Um, I don't think Cunha should have been man of the match either. Who would you think? Yeah, Semedo or Lamina? Wow, it's unbelievable. So it's the best game I've ever seen Semedo having a wall shirt. Full stop. He was absolutely brilliant, start to end. Can't think of one or two times he he got forward and then the ball got played back over the top. And we turned it over, but other than that. Brilliant. He Absolutely brilliant. made was superb. He made that little Argentinian Gonacho, the winger, look silly. Like he just had him in his pocket. They took him off. He couldn't yeah. do anything against him. Everything Samedo did, apart from he fell a bit sleep a little bit for their goal, um, which people have pointed out. But apart from that, ten out of ten performance, unbelievable. Doherty must have been sat on the bench thinking, "Oh my god, how am I getting?" Well, it's a good thing. Team. That's a good thing. Yeah, yeah. I was going to say, how much of a kick up the arse might may have been to have. Doherty, who's, you know, a realistic right back to come in and take your place. And then, you know, first league game of the season, he puts in, in Daniel Bayliss's words, a 10 out of 10 performance. Yeah, was brilliant. Brilliant. He was absolutely brilliant. I've, I've never seen him play like that. I have got a new target, though. Oh, God. Sarabia is no good. <laughs> no good. Can we be, positive? On every, every Can we be positive this week? I do agree. He come off, didn't he? I think Gary O'Neill identified it as well. He had a few little good moments. He probably should have scored first half, but it's just he lacks that bit of pace, doesn't he? I think what it is, is it takes them a couple of years to realise they have to step up in these style of teams and they're not at PSG, Barcelona, Real Madrid, et al. anymore. Mm. And then when they do realise that, they're all right. But he That's does... why... No, wait, Sorry, that's why for me, mate, that's why I think Fabio Silva should play instead of Sarabia. That's I why I want Fabio. Harry, in 24 hours, we might not have Fabio Silva. The last hour, True. it has been totally awash. With him going to Borussia Dortmund. Yeah, and also with him, I seen on Instagram that someone said, why haven't you got number nine? He kind of liked their message and things like that. I think he wants to be a guaranteed starter, and I don't think he's going to get that, is he, ahead of Cunha? But I, I can't, but all the fans want him to start, don't they? There's always a player like this where uh, yeah. the fans want him to start. We love him, but we don't see what goes on in the week, do we? But he come on, and I thought he did okay. He should have scored. Two good saves from, oh, no, nah, no. Nah. What's your name? But, um... Yeah, he was promising when he come on and we've seen in pre-season how good they were together. But I'm just absolutely buzzing with the performance. I was absolutely good last night when I woke up and I've flipped my mood and just been like very proud of the performance. Although annoyed that we can't finish. And I've kind of, I think it's awake, awakened a beast in us, this VAR thing happening. I think it's brought the club and the fans together. It's got it's a us v everyone else mentality now. But what I will say is, I can't believe, usually when something like this happens, the mainstream kind of ignore it, but everyone's been on it, haven't they? Everyone's agreeing with other Wolves fans for once. After the Raul one, they kind of sweep that one under the carpet away at Newcastle last season. This one, everyone's on it. I don't know if you have more eyeballs on it because it's Man United. But yeah, yes, because all the other bit of the late Man United. Mm. True. But, yeah, it's, yeah, I mean, to be fair, like even the Peter Schmeichel's 
of the world were, were saying I cannot believe he's on five live earlier saying he just couldn't believe that something that has been put into the game VAR to correct incorrect decisions has not picked up he's not even gone over to the monitor we keep talking about the good bits before we get on to the VAR well also I want to I want to, uh, uh, to talk about it is uh, I thought uh, a new lease of life for Pedro Neto I thought he was charged he he was on the right, wasn't he? So they put they kind of put yeah. Nunes out on the left, um, and I think Neto struggled when he's been on the left, and he was cutting in when he some of the balls he whipped in Neto are really dangerous. But I keep I can't get that chance out of my head. The one that fell to him at the back stick on hit straight. At, I mean, got- and, uh, yeah, but he he's improving. He really is. I can see why he started. Yeah, is this a case of little bit of rose tinted spectacles in the last just less than twenty four hours from a Wolves perspective? Wolves. Yeah, because it's very easy to say, God, we were brilliant. We should have got away with something there. Yeah, we played good football, but it's still a 1-0 loss away against a team that didn't look at the races. Bailey, so, what was we saying I want last to week? You predicted, I want to take you predicted a 4-5 or a 6-0 loss last week. I predicted a 3-0 loss. We all predicted a loss. I think Sam said 1-1. You've got to be pleasantly surprised at that performance. I was sat in the pub. Everyone in the pub was saying, this is going to be 3 or 4 we shocked Man United. They probably underestimated us a bit because of all the narrative around us. Everyone's saying we're going to go down, all the mainstream media. We shocked everyone last night. It just we put Man United to the sword. How can you make 20 chances and not score a goal? Because in the games then, when you only create four or five chances, you're definitely not going to score a goal. But it's better to have 23 chances than only create two, isn't it? That's one good way to look. If we'd have had one shot on target and it had been one all, I'd have been much happier. Uh, yeah, I think it, it, is is this the highest that the expected goals had been for, a, for us you know, a, a very very long time, and certainly more than the average of the Lopetegui nine month mm. stints. So you know, I think those stats are okay to look at sometimes, and I think normally they're not too far away, especially when it is a low scoring yeah. side. You know, and it, it's a bit of trajectory, hasn't it? Was it was it thirty eight goals in thirty eight games, um, and then last season was was thirty one in thirty eight. So, going back to what Jack said last week about that that downward trend and stuff. But you know, I think we I think we're just happy that we're creating the chances because if you haven't got the xg, then you're definitely not going to score many goals at all. And, that, and that's been the been the case certainly for the last twelve months. The one thing I've sort of got the thought of here is if Cunha scores in the next couple of games. We're in business. He'll get his confidence. He'll start taking those half chances. He might be all right. If he goes barren for the next three or four and we still play like that, it's going to be tough mm-hmm. for him. Really tough for him. One I will say, sorry, Sam, before, uh, sorry to put in. I could, I don't think, I know it's easy to say now when we can never know. I don't think we perform like that if Lopetegui's in the dugout. Okay. I think, I know, I know we've all had the preseason with Lopetegui and you say O'Neill's just took over and what he did I think O'Neill really got his game plan right to do the high pressure and try and go at them I really don't think Lopetegui would have done that I think we'd have sat back like tried to get behind the ball and just try and nick a goal or somehow we'd eventually lost so I think we've really got to praise Gary O'Neill for that because we were so critical of him I think you've just got to give credit where it's due if his tactics were spot on to go at him I know we lost but we created so many chances it's not his fault our strikers can't hit a barn door is it and I know it's a sort of thing where sometimes it's like nice guys finish last, but when he was doing the sort of talking to Sky after the game, just came across as like a really so well guy as well, like really, really well. And you could see why maybe a squad that's been pretty much hammered by the manager that's come in 
a one safety and said, you know, this group of players is not good enough. We need more signings. He's sort of like given them that belief. And I think they believe everything that he's saying. And that is really, really important. But then the senior players are stepping it up as well. So, you know, the Jack Gomez is the world. Um, have got a, a long, hopefully fruitful career in front of them and definitely showing signs of a player being in there. But Harry, I think you posted Craig Dawson's um, games by numbers from Statman Dave on Twitter. 86% pass accuracy, 66 touches, 8 out of 8 aerial duels won, 8 long balls completed, 5 clearances, 2 out of 3 ground duels won, 2 shots blocked, 2 tackles won, 1 goal line clearance at key pass. You know, they're incredible stats for somebody who we were expecting to maybe turn up on Old Trafford and get turned over. That's the thing. That's what I was pleasantly surprised about as well. There was a couple of moments first half where I think Kilman and I forget who else, give the ball away really sloppily and Rashford nearly scored. But I also thought Kilman was immense as well at the back with Dawson and solid as a rock, weren't they? And they ain't got much competition behind them. So they've got no one trying to nick their place and they were both brilliant. With Rashford... I forgot he was on the pitch, to be honest. They had to take him off because they did so well against him. Um, now, the match officials from the game have been dropped for the weekend, Bayless. We've got to talk about the VAR non-decision. So Simon Hooper won't be taking part. Michael Salisbury, who was on VAR, and Richard West have not been selected for a game at the coming weekend. But let's talk about the game that they were selected for. Um, to me, all day long, if you body check somebody in the area and you're the goalkeeper nine times out of ten you're going to give away a penalty it's just nonsense isn't it I mean it's all been said and we've got to discuss it or else no one's going to listen to this podcast so everyone's going to come with some ridiculous statement but I don't know if anyone listening to this goes to work tomorrow or the day after and has to make one key decision in their role and gets it completely and utterly wrong do they get bollocking? Do they have to go and face up to the facts? Do they have to apologise? What do they have to do? And these guys next to dig their head in the stand, disappear for a week or two, and they'll be straight back on. And they're probably still picking up their wage. It's just just embarrassing. It is, we have a gate, one of the best sports in the world, played by the greatest athletes, absolute professionals, run by middle-aged, fat, bold men. That, I mean, Mike Dean's profession not that i'm knocking anyone's profession but his profession before becoming a football manager was killing chickens i mean <laughs> they aren't exactly <laughs> yeah i know but i've just given an example they aren't exactly intellectual heavyweights or athletes and people that should be minded to... not that i'm saying go and get a load of cambridge professors to referee football howard webb was a police officer by this that explains a lot <laughs> um so, Harry, I mean, before the game in the hospitality, you've got John Moss um, and uh, Howard Webb. Obviously, I mean, part of me thinks, why wouldn't they be there? Because it's hospitality, it's Monday night football. You have a corporate side to to, to the sport there in there. I mean, Howard Webb is a Man United fan, doesn't really help. But John Moss comes out to Gary O'Neill after the game and says, blatant penalty, really, really sorry, get it wrong. And, you know, we're, we're talking about week one in the Premier League and we've got our first... PGMOL apology. apology. Yeah, it's just we're just picking up from where we left off, haven't we? And it, it, first of all, before we talk about all that you just mentioned, it's just the fact that everyone was like, "Yeah, penalty." You're just waiting for it. Fair enough. If the referees missed it, they're fair enough. Whatever. I know Howard Webb is banging on about go with the on-field decisions more, but but with VAR there, the referees instantly just think, "Oh, if I'm not that sure, if I'm not 100, percent let's just leave it to them up there." They look for them to look at it. 
and think, no, there's not been an error here, is absolute shambles. And when he went running over, everyone thought in the pub when I was watching it, he was going to go check the screen. He booked Gary O'Neill. That was just rubbing salt in the wounds. You can't get a more blatant penalty. Look, John Moss did apologise. Uh, oh, good. Gary O'Neill after, but yeah. exactly. That's what I'm so annoyed about because what is it? Is he going to apologise if we go down on 34 points and get relegated and we would have survived on 35 on goal difference? Of course they're not. They're not going to give a shit. And to rub salt in the wounds again, I know no one would have cared about this if nothing happened, but the fact that they're all in the bloody Manchester United hospitality eating prawn sandwiches, probably with all the bloody Man United executives, just makes it look even worse. All it is is self-consciously in their head, they're at Old Trafford, so 95th minute, they don't want all the shit of if they say if it wasn't a penalty for whatever reason, which it was, and we equalised. They don't want all the shit off a bigger club, but it's backfired on them because everyone's watching it. There's millions of eyes on it, and they look absolutely ridiculous. And then glad they should be suspended for weeks. They should be suspended for weeks for this because every man and their dog, apart from the really biased Man United fans I was sat with in the pub with, knew that was a penalty. Yeah. Harry, you're right, and I agree with exactly what you're saying. But at the same point, to to want to be a, a football referee at that level, you've got to have a bit of a power trip about you and a bit of arrogance and, you know, long long. you get to see that do a bit more than just referee the games and actually talk. You can get that about their character, right? They, they sort of, they're a bit narcissistic and power hungry. And I think when they're going out to make these decisions, it's about them and that's about it. And I think they, like you said, they're thinking about their career and themselves. And if you give a penalty to Wolves against Man United, that looks a lot worse than not giving a penalty to Wolves against Man United. And that's the foundation of the decision. Not, is it a foul or not? And that is the crux of it. That's why the you can split it down into three things, well, two or three things here, right? It either is totally corrupt and the whole point of VAR is there to help the bigger teams. And there's evidence, I think, to support that. Feels like that. Or it's a piece of technology being used so badly by the people who've got it but the people using it are too inept to do their job. So we need to get better referees. So which one is it? So I'm on the fence on that. I don't know. I think the referees are a bit thick, power hungry and arrogant. So they're making the wrong decisions. But I also think that a lot of the decisions, and we see it time and time and time again, we've discussed it 20 fucking times on this podcast, for God's sake, is wrong decisions go against the smaller clubs. I, sorry, I, I said on my video yesterday, it, I know we're biased because we're Wolves fans, but it does feel like we've had way more than most teams. The Raul one's the first one that comes to mind away at Newcastle last year. We've had a few of these now where it's been absolute howlers. Okay, yeah, I take, I take the point. Now, first thing, um, everything that Bailey said about referees, he used to be a referee. Secondly, <laughs> the power-hungry narcissist, I think you called uh, second, secondly, and I think this this does matter when we call into question sort of like the corruption and how many go against us. Is it, it nine times out of ten? This is going to come to the back to the fact that we don't score many goals, we don't create normally many chances apart from ironically last night. And so when something gets picked up like this, it means so much more. In this case, it costs us uh, an opportunity to potentially get a point. I think the way that we were in front of goal, we probably missed the fucking bounty anyway. But if you look at it in that way and you think, actually, if we'd have been 2-1 two, two, at the time and that happens, this doesn't get the coverage that it does and we probably don't feel as aggrieved. So I think there has to be that element of context put into this situation because if you don't create the chances, you don't get the goals, you're scoring 
not even a goal a game in the Premier League last season. It's, it's going to make a massive difference because, Dan, if we'd have won that, if we'd have won that game because we scored one of our twenty-three shots, or one of our six on target, we're not talking about VAR anywhere near as much as we're talking about. Right okay, now. I still think it needs to be discussed though because these are agree, agree, but not to the game, same level. Are not the same consistently level. wrong. I think the only way I think they can fairly do it is if the blokes in the VAR room have no idea what game they're doing in some way or they <laughs> compute well yeah okay so they know what game they're doing but they computer generate the play and one team's black the other team's white and they say is this a foul or not is it a penalty it'd be very hard to do though wouldn't it I think it's impossible but I just think yeah. the, the club and the influence and their own understanding of it of making that decision is influenced them so heavily oh. Yeah, I think it's more what you said, Brad, is that they're just not very good at their job. And I also think they don't mean it, but I think just subconsciously, they can't help it. They'll never admit it, but it, I think it's just in their head that they do sway towards the bigger teams just because they know the backlash will be heavier to, if the bigger teams get well, hardened. Yeah, this, it's this just story, subconscious in their head. This story, we're talking about it, it for everyone else in football, it's fish wrapping now. Well, it's, a bit, it's, it, it, it's probably something that they can all relate to, though, as well. I don't think there's a, there's a fan in the country, if you ask them, is VAR being used to the best of its ability? I don't think many would say yes. I sort of disagree as well how they're doing it. So the the justification that I've heard from last night was referees are supposed to make the decision and we don't want to overrule referees. But if your eyelash is offside, then it's offside. So are we going into a minute detail to make a decision or are we letting the referees referee the game? Yeah, they need to make their mind up. It's ridiculous. Same with the Raul one, is it, at Newcastle? The referee couldn't see it because he was about 80 yards away, but they were like, no, we're going with his decision. He couldn't see it. He was miles away. But I just want to bring this up, sorry. So I'm just going to read this comment out um, just because it's about Leeds. Oh, no, sorry, not that comment. Someone put a comment about, remember when Adama got pulled um, at Leeds at home, we lost 4-2. Remember when he got pulled and, the, and they checked it and they still didn't give the foul and they give Leeds a goal and we lost 4-2. Okay, yeah. So that, was, that, that was another example of a bad one. But what I will say is someone was putting in my comments on my video earlier. He was like, he said a Leeds fan was like, you Wolves fans weren't moaning at the first game of last season when Jose Sarr, if you go back and watch it, did the exact same thing as Onana, clattered their striker, missed the ball. Nothing was given. VAR didn't check it and that. But the difference is, I remember back then, most Wolves fans were like, whoa, we got away with one there. That definitely like we should have been a penalty in that. But the Leeds fans are all just like, nah, nah, you can't, you can't be all uproar. You, you didn't think that was a penalty back then, but we did. So all fans have things like this happen to them. And to be fair, apart from the few dickheads I was with in the pub last night, most Man United fans on Twitter have said, look, it was a penalty. You know what I mean? Okay. So, yeah, I think yeah. if you if you look at it with a with a level head, hundred percent. And you know, Leeds fans having a go, losing to Birmingham City at the weekend. So um, do with that what you will. Um, was there a man of the match? I mean, I think there are quite a few Wolves players that would probably fit that. Bill Bayliss, um, that, that creep into it. Yeah, I, I think you'll probably stick with Semedo. Yeah, probably went on balance. I thought Lamina was very, very good as well. I agree. Um, mm. Yeah, maybe just on balance, Semedo. Harry? Um, I, I, just before I give my man of the match, I also just want to mention someone we haven't mentioned at all. I thought Aiton Ori had a really good game too. Some of his yeah. runs going forward, his feet, unbelievable. And I thought he did quite well against Anthony. Well, because the always Wolves, whatever the fan page thing is, they slammed him. They gave him like five out of ten. I thought he played quite well. Yeah, I thought he was brilliant, so I don't agree with whoever you just said. But um, my man of the match, I'm going to... Oh, I'm split. I, I really want to say Cunha. I know he missed the sitters, but I've got to say Cunha, I think. Him, 
It's been split between him, Samedo, Lamina, Gomez, and Nunes for me. Does not just say it. Does not just say it all though. Like of, of how proud we are yeah. of that performance, where we go, well, it could be one of four. I, I think, you know, I think Huang did a great job. I really do. I, yeah, he did. He made a difference when he came on. But for, for me, I think I'm going to stick with Libby. It's actually a really good point. This is a really good point that Arthur Bushby's just put up. Mm. Um, you know when they scored their goal, he ran into I, the crowd. Yeah. There was another I, booking at another game on Saturday for doing the same thing for one of the smaller clubs. Yeah. Mm. I thought you got books if you went in the crowd. Of course you did. Shirt off, crowd. Checking get a badge. There's some dirty tackles last night as well. Yeah, there were a few. Yeah. Uh, well, anyway, we'll, we'll stay angry about that. Uh, let's move on to Brighton, though. Um, One thing I'll Saturday. think, sorry, I've got to mention. Sorry, Sam, sorry. Sorry. Samedo's had ball. Was it a penalty or not? We've got to bring it up. No. It's down by his side. I mean, is that, is that biased? But I, I just don't think he knew anything about it. Do you? It was about a yard from her. Yeah. Nah, I wouldn't have had <laughs> Right, okay, look, Brighton at the weekend, um, back at Molyneux. Very, very exciting. Um, I didn't think I'd be as excited as I am to see us play in the flesh this soon. It just seems like the last season is finished. But Harry, we're being positive from what we've seen so far. We look very, very competitive. Even though you know Man United weren't at the races, but I think that was as much us doing that to them as as they were sort of maybe a little bit ropey as they usually are. But you know they they have thirty unbeaten at home since the opening day of last season. But this time it's Brighton. I think actually one of the best teams I saw last season at Molyneux uh, was Brighton three 0 win that time round. Do you think gone Gary O'Neill will make any changes? Fabio in for Sarabia. I hope he makes. Um, if not, it would probably been quanging for Sarabia. And pre-Man United, I just thought this was a loss against Brighton. I know they had a good result against Luton, uh, a good win, although it was Luton, so take that for what you will. But if we play like we did at Old Trafford, I think it's going to be a very competitive game and anyone could win it. And I'm much more confident now that we can get a result out of this. Uh, Dan, it's quite tense, isn't it? Because I think we're going up a team with a squad that's worth about £12 billion, uh, which doesn't help. Um they have some very decent players, but some that seem to sell for a lot of money at the moment. I don't know, I don't know why that is. People paying, I think, over the odds um, for some of their so-called superstars. Um, how would you approach this one? Yeah, I think this is a much tougher test. I thought Man United were crap. I, in no uncertain terms, if it wasn't Man United and some other clubs that we played against, I'd have said they, they were crap. I thought it was a very average Man U side we played against. So this is a much, much stiffer test. I mean, I went to the game where they beat us 6-0. Um, that was a good day. You actually was... stayed for most of it, didn't you? Uh, we left after the sixth goal, which was poor, but... Most of the back home. Um, they're a good side. So They are, yeah. This is tough. And weirdly, I did the betting earlier, and it doesn't really reflect it. I think Brighton, on balance, probably are a better side at the moment. Well, they had 27 shots against Luton as in the game that Harry just mentioned there, the 4-1 win. And and to be fair, Luton, say what you like. I mean, I set my piece on them last week, but any promoted side first game ever in the Premier League, in their case, uh, they're always going to be hard to beat. So a 4-1 win for them is 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 pretty impressive. Um, 
Let's do a score prediction, Harry. I'll give a 2-2. Bayless. Yeah, I wanted to go one all, but I'll be a bit more optimistic and say that we'll win 1-0. One 1-0. Nil. One nil. Uh, I'm going to go 2-1 Wolves, obviously. Uh, let's get your latest betting odds with Bayless. I didn't actually fix this, but the scorecasts are pretty much bang on. You know us so well. Mm. Did a little bet builder just to try and take the result out of it. As in, like, try and get goals and yeah. So I went with a full-time draw because I think that's going to be a decent result for us. Cunha to score in the second half and both teams to score in the second half as yes. 20 to 1, which I don't think is a bad mm. That's a good shout. Bad bet. Uh, and then I just did a couple of scorecasts. So Wolves to win 1-0, Cunha to get the goal, 55s. One all draw with Neto scoring first 60s. Nice. And Sam, this one will interest you. I reckon you'll actually have a bet on this. 2 1 Wolves, Jao Gomez first goal. 60. 200 to 1. Is it? Oh, that is, that is tasty. That is tasty. Value. Like, did, any of you, did any of you see that massive bet, the 16 grand? Pretty presentable yeah, present result. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. I remember doing those sort of accumulators when I was much, yeah. much younger. Yeah, yeah. You well, can't right, right. I'll be one of the Dead Sea Scrolls rolling down the road trying to look if Stephen is being or something. What's that story about your cousin's mate that he got to the Sunday and had started spending the he, money and he done Fulham a, drew at Man United? Yeah, no, he did a 15-fold accumulator and 14 of them came in and uh, Fulham were playing Man United at Old Trafford and he thought he was spending the money. He was like, flat screen TV over there. We're going to have to cop over there. We're going to have hookers and drugs. Uh, and then uh, it was the year when Fulham beat Man United at Man United so I can't remember the year now but he was absolutely gutted obviously we were all sort of relieved and taking the piss because you never want your mate to win 50 grand (laughs) not on the agenda Uh, right okay that's the latest uh, betting odds from Bayliss Um, one thing to add Harry and we've sort of mentioned how he fared as captain um, first proper campaign where he's been fulfilling that role only one game in Max Kilman, five-year deal sort of um shifted away the Napoli bid that came in of that 30 to 35 million pound bid clearly wants to stay at the club club clearly want to keep him uh this is a great example of not only keeping hold of your assets but making sure they're worth a few quid as well yeah I think it's really good news because if you think there was a lot of people including me I think I actually said it myself that wanted Dawson to come in for him and Collins keep his place in uh, when he when Dawson did come in. So he's done well to keep his place. He, you know he, he's had a few shaky moments, hasn't he? But he's he's, he's learned his trade well. Um, I'm glad he's got the new deal. I'm still not a hundred percent on him being captain because he's not the most vocal. I'd rather it be Dawson than maybe him get it in a few years. But he leads with example of his performances on the pitch. I know it's a cliche thing to say, but he really does. He was fantastic. And Old Trafford, he's had some really, really good performances. And I like the bloke. I think he's a great player. Left-footed as well. And guess what? He plays futsal. Never knew. Into Russian. Um, Dan, like I say, it, you know, tying down your asset, making sure that they're obviously going to be worth some money when the time comes to either move them on or they have such a, a brilliant campaign that other big teams are sniffing around them. Yeah, good idea. Good to give them the deal. I think he's probably the least of my worries at the moment in the squad. 
think there are some very important players that might be on the way out or could potentially be on the way out. So nice to see him here. I thought he played quite well, but I would much rather be keeping Fabio Silva and Neto and Pedence than Brian. Do you see, um, see Pedence linked with Celtic today as well? Yeah, I saw that £12 million move potentially. No place from on the bench. I mean, to say the bench didn't look too bad, too fair. We just run through it. Doherty, Traore, uh, Huang, Bueno, Kalajic, uh, Totti Gomez, Bentley. Actually, Bentley, that's a good shout. I think he needs to be starting. Mm-hmm. I, I think Drogba. I, I, I just there were there were three moments in that game where he was just he completely switched off. I meant I meant to mention it in that in the Man United coverage there, but I thought his decision making, Harry, was. Version on terrible, and you know, so many times when you're watching Wolves and you think, you know, your fucking heart's in your mouth because he does something so stupid, and then he, you know, he's all going, yeah, yeah, sorry about, that. yeah, yeah, no, no, I thought it was all right, I thought it was all right. He's nodding like a like a Churchill dog in the back of a car. Uh, Kilman, he's having a go at him, and I just don't understand his decision making sometimes. Yeah, he, he worries he worries me a lot when the ball comes to his feet, and he was all at sea for the goal for their goal. I don't know what he was doing. He was miles off his line. Um, but, but the thing is with Bentley I'd, I would love him to start but he did make that mistake against Everton uh, last home game of the season but if you think back to our last game at Old Trafford he was outstanding so but Saar has just done too many mistakes for me and like we say he scares the life out of me so he's really got to up his game because we're going to be using his feet a lot as well well yeah exactly it's just the way that clearly you want to play a bit more progressive Bayliss thoughts on Saar are, are we being harsh yeah I think you are slightly I know he makes some silly choices but reasonably effective he kept us in the game against United for a long time couldn't do a hell of a lot about the goal his defenders let him down get let Man United get around the back Bayless he was nearly on the halfway line when the goal went in <laughs> don't know what he was doing <laughs> Goodness. you're in a crap situation there aren't you really there's not much you can do about them getting around the back and he come miles out for Rashford's chance as well at the first half I don't, he, he saved it eventually but it was weird how early he come out I just don't know enough about this Bentley to really overly common but he's seen him play once yeah I mean he's only he's only letting a couple of goals whereas Sars you know on a bad day he's letting in six against Brighton and five against Arsenal so I don't know maybe maybe a new lease of life um, if he's been told he's number one I, I personally I know I think Pedence might go but I've, if we get rid of Fabio Silva it's going to be an absolute disaster if he goes to Dortmund but I still think he doesn't want to be here unfortunately exactly it'd be just such a disgrace I mean surely Foshan and Jeff look at that performance last night and think keep everyone apart from Pedence maybe Guedes will probably go as well but then try and add a few loans or freeze just do it now they've seen the other way we played a little bit of backup and who knows what could happen I mean, this will tell us, won't it? It will tell us whether they do actually care because on that performance and how we've set up, if we keep this team now, we're going to be comfortable. Mm. They've used FFP as their excuse, which means next year, technically, they should spend again. Whereas if they don't ask that and they still ship people out and they still use an excuse that's clearly bollocks, then we know that they're not in it. And Mm. that's when the fans, regardless of the performance, have to turn on the owners. Yeah. 
I just don't understand where those where those loans uh, or loan to buys. I've seen so many loan to buys at the nearing the end of the transfer window. What a couple of weeks to go is um, you know Raya going to Arsenal. He's gone on a, a loan with an option, and they said, well, you know, we, we've got the option at the end of it. We just wanted it to happen quickly, and apparently that sort of transfer happens a lot more quickly when you haven't got to do the paperwork before the move. You put it as an option mm. at the end. I think probably both parties are interested. His agent has said he doesn't think he'll go back to Brentford. I just don't know why we're not pulling some strings yeah. with some loan players or, or, you know, the promise at the end of it because we've pre- been pretty good at over overspending for players. I mean, we'll see what happens with Cunha, but it was, it was a pretty big outlay in January. We're always going to pay more, aren't you? But... I, I, t- I tell you what, for one thing we, we want to talk about, which I don't think happened before we did last week's podcast, Traore to Fulham. Have we spoke about that? I was so shocked. No, uh, I don't. We all thought we all thought he was going to Saudi Arabia, didn't we? And then all of a sudden, he's announced at Fulham. Like I'm, they must be giving him big wages. But good win for them as well. Raul started. Him and Raul linking up again. It's just annoying to see, isn't it? I'd love to have kept Adama another option. It, the yeah, I mean, to be fair, we we've seen you know twelve months of that absolutely not happening. So I think you know you're trying to. I think they're trying to rewind the clock a little bit, aren't they? Um, with the with the Traore assist. Jimenez goal, but I don't know. Bayless, were you shocked to see him go there? I think he probably suits the London lifestyle, wanted a bit of a change of scenery, and you know, Fulham sort of fits the bill when you're not really good enough to get in a decent side in London. Yeah, I think the guy overvalues his ability, doesn't he, a little bit? And as we've said, all fart, no poo. <laughs> <laughs> I think I just want to mention, Sam, as well, you, you touched on it earlier. I was criticising Gary O'Neill last week. I know we've just completely flipping here, but it's just come back to me. I thought his, his interviews, I thought they were going to be the most boring things in the world to watch ever, especially pre-match ones. But like you said, his Sky Sports interview and his interviews he's done after that game, he re- don't you think he like represented... He, he, took, he almost spoke like a normal fan, didn't he, when he was talking yeah. about that incident? It was so funny how he said, when he said uh, the best line was when he went, Obviously, you see it happen, it is a penalty, but you're at Man United, you're at Old Trafford, so I'm not surprised it hasn't. When he said that, I was like, oh, I like, zing. Yeah. probably get charged I agree. for that. But, I agree. Um, he, he spoke so well after the game, and I loved as well when he got interviewed by the actual, the actual official Wolves um, website, and he was saying things like, I want to give the fans a team to be proud of. Might be a cliche thing to say, but that kind of got people up for the game, didn't it, before? He's, he's been saying all the right things. I thought it'd be boring, but so far in this very short window we've had of him. He's really encouraging. Uh, uh, he's like he's, ma- he's making me eat my hat because I was so underwhelmed with the appointment. <laughs> and it's nice, I'm, you know, I don't want to be, you know, I don't want to sound like my dad a bit, but it's nice to have a British manager in charge for the first time. So I was thinking that, actually, to be fair, and I would normally not be arsed, really, because it just matters what's happening on the pitch. Because, I mean, if we'd lost the first 10 games, we'd be going, we don't care what nationality is, he's not mm. getting the results. So... Um, no, completely agree. Good to see um, some some English, some British players as well. You know, uh, Kilman and, and Dawson at the back. Um, on Fabio Silva, I just don't know why we're even thinking about selling him. I don't know if it's just... if I mean, if it comes down to FFP for that, it's just ridiculous because we're not going to get any return on investment at this stage. I mean, you could do it at the end of the season when he's like banged a few in potentially. I didn't realise that his contract runs till 2026 and there's an option for a further year in the club's favour. So I don't know why they're even potentially entertaining the idea, but I mean, it could just be some Twitter journalism. Yeah, I, I just think he's not happy. It's just down to that. 
and I, you've seen with Jeff before when people are unhappy, he's like, go then. He just lets them go, doesn't he? Let's be honest. So, but, and they'd give him number nine. If they really wanted him and wanted to show him they wanted him, yeah, they'd give him number nine. Yeah, yeah. Well, the numbers came out this week and obviously before the game and stuff. And do you think people were reading a bit too far into it, Dan, that, you know, some players were wearing a number that they've had for three years and going, why are they not number five when they're number 22 or, or whatever? Just lazy journalism. Like, I think fans were losing their mind as well a little bit. People were going, well, why has he not got this? Why has he not got that? I want to invade. This is uh, opinion on this comment from MJ Wolf. Uh, so it's, I have a theory with our board selling anything that moves. Do you think players were playing for moves or is that too negative? Oh, I think that is slightly too negative. I hope that's not true. <laughs> I, can't, I can't think of anyone that overtly played for a move. I mean, Raul didn't do a lot. but I, I, I mean, I don't know if thinking a bit too deep into this, but if you're at a club like Wolves, i.e. not the top six, isn't aren't all the players doing that? Aren't they all playing for the, you know, the the move to Liverpool that Jota got, the move to what we thought was going to be Barcelona and turned out to be Saudi Arabia for Neves? But you know, nine times out of ten, our assets over the last couple of years have gone on to to bigger and better things. And the players that you thought would do that, um, Neves and and Jota certainly in that age bracket, in that bracket. And I think probably Raúl would have been if he hadn't had his injury as well. And everything that's happened just makes me hate David Luiz. But but there you go. Um, right, okay. Good luck if you're heading up to Molyneux at the weekend. We look forward to seeing you there. Otherwise, we'll say goodbye to Harry Manson. Yes, yeah, going to be nice to be covered, isn't it, Sam? No, I, no, I cannot pain. wait. I don't think, I mean, look to the weather forecast. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. No, it's going to be sunny, hopefully. If you are sat in our old seats and it rains, then um, you will laugh at you. Yeah, exactly. we're pointing and laugh. We'll just look down at them from our king. We're in the king seats now. We're like, we're plus thinners. Oh, we might as well have prawn sandwiches. <laughs> he always brings extra. Uh, and it's a goodbye from Dan Bayliss. Goodbye. And it's a goodbye from me. Goodbye. Sports Social Podcast Network. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. <gasps> No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.